This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned. We got DMs coming. So if you got a DM, drop them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. That's any questions you got, topics you want covered. Going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff. I wanted to open the show by talking about uh, dun, 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 drum roll, holidays are coming. So I'm going to try to kind of weave in a little bit of a holiday thread to some things. Talk about getting uh, getting over or dealing with the end of a relationship. Now, that could mean a lot of different kinds of relationships, friends, family members, uh, romantic partners. And as I was talking on an earlier show about um, honoring those that are no longer with us, I just want to throw that caveat in there. For those that have lost someone and it's due to something that isn't traumatic or in- inherently destabilizing or feeling negative to them, find a way to bring them into the holidays. Whether you just tell stories about them or you go around the table and just share something that you remember fondly or just call in their name out or maybe someone takes over something that they used to do and acknowledges that just because someone's not in their physical form or physically present doesn't mean they don't exist anymore we bring people back through memory and through sharing and so utilize that do that people don't have to be gone gone and that's a really beautiful way to still spend time with someone let them be a part of our lives to honor the impact they had on us so remember that that's a really powerful part of some people's grieving and mourning process is to still talk about them it can also be a way that people are a little you know obsessive and ruminating we need time and space away we don't want to live with some i'm sorry we don't want to live in someone's absence but it's okay to acknowledge that this person was here and impacted us and that they're not with us um, I think there's something really beautiful in that. So I want to kind of call that out. Now, when we talk about endings of relationships, not that it ever feels great when a relationship ends, um, but the holidays can sometimes make it feel a little more severe. I, I, I think for some, the holiday makes anything that's quote unquote bad or negative feel more amplified. And I appreciate that because I think we have this magical idea that the holidays are supposed to be nothing but smiles and snow and gift giving. And we don't want to taint that. It's unfortunate because anything that happens in the context of the quote unquote, the holiday season inherently has a severity added to it. And that's such a bummer, you know, oh, you couldn't wait till after the holiday to break up with me because again, it's especially severe during the holidays or, you know, you couldn't have waited till after the holidays to fire me because it's especially severe. And like, I agree that it is for a lot of reasons, but I also want us to water that down. If something bad happens, we don't want to add to the severity by saying, and the time frame is off. Just be in your emotions. You're sad, you're grieving, you're let down. Just be in that primary emotion. I'm trying to also teach us to be more with our primary emotions and not living in our secondary emotions, the emotional response to our emotional response. You know, stay in the primary one, which is often that softer, more vulnerable one. I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm disconnected, I've been let down. Go into that wounding. Um, but we're going to talk about ways to deal with this stuff because breakups are a breakup. And I'm really constantly advocating for more of a conscious, mindful breakup because believe it or not, even though it might be something longstanding or something we still want to have or be a part of, or, you know, the ending of that relationship has massive ripple effects on our lives and other people's lives and finances. It doesn't have to be something that has a lot of anger and hate uh, tied to it. And we need to start leaving better, leaving lovingly. It's, you know, when, when a relationship ends, that doesn't necessarily mean it was bad or wrong or something's broken. And if we can uh, uh, consciously, uncouple, it's going to be good for us. So I'm always advocating for better skills, more mental health focus with whatever it is we're doing and breakups. Yeah. We're never let off the hook. 
no matter what's going on. It can't be like, ah, oh, well, it's fine to be engaging in really poor behavior and not look after your mental health because it's a breakup, elbow, elbow. No, it always matters. And in fact, it matters more and it has more valor in it, more courage in it when it is not the most ideal thing or at the most ideal time. And we still say, I'm going to take this very seriously. I'm going to put my, my best into this. And relationships are a way for us to show that. So we're going to be kind of talking a little bit about how to get over a breakup, how to deal with it during the holidays, but then also like how to mindfully uncouple conscious uncoupling, conscious breakups, because we shouldn't be sticking around till it's at its worst. We shouldn't be burning things down as we're leaving. I want people to leave with love. And I know that that's hard when there's hurt feelings or disappointment, but a lot of relationships end not because anyone harmed anyone necessarily, but because it just isn't meant to be anymore. Or we've gone as far as we can go, or we've grown in different ways, or someone's changed, or we're not okay with you know the direction the relationship's headed in. And that's okay. I want to make that okay. And even though we have hurt feelings, we don't need to harm ourselves and others in that process of leaving, especially when it's around the holidays. Um, so we're going to be kind of talking about that. So um, stick around for that. And DMs, always open. DMs are on our Loveline IG page. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in there. We want to hear from you. Questions you got, topics you want covered. We are channelq.com is where you go to check out past episodes. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. They're all there. You know, it, it lets you know what the shows are and you can go back to really practice this stuff because I think a lot of the skills I talk about on the show and, and whatnot, it's all about repetition, uh, kind of looking at where your work is and really trying to build in a better way of functioning in terms of relationality, but also mental health. So we got all that coming up um, and I'm always recognizing the seasons and, and times of the world that we're living in and trying to kind of accommodate that. So I realize we're still not all at our best right now. So holding space for that. All right. I've rambled enough. Stick around, y'all. We got a lot more to come. You are listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all, because we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about going through breakups and that can be something that's romantic, relational, never ideal, especially not during the holidays, but I want to throw a mantra at you. I like little, I like acronyms like mantras, like words that rhyme. They help us hold on to different kinds of uh, concepts. This one's integrity over emotions. Our emotional mind, uh, and for those uh, mental health people listening, we're, I'm always weaving a little bit of some DBT and emotional regulation skills, but um, for the emotional mind, clouds us often running um, and we lose sight of what our larger goal is. More importantly, what our integrity and value system is. And that's what we really wanna be living and acting from. And so when we're feeling emotional, that's our emotional mind. How can we go into our more thoughtful conscious mind, our wise mind, our mind that's more balanced, which brings both rationality and emotionality. We don't wanna just be living in all emotion. We also don't wanna be living in all rationality and logic detached from our bodies. A lot of people live in a very polarized way, no emotionality at all, or just way too much. And we wanna live in, in, in equilibrium to the best we can. And that means bringing both of those together. So when we're feeling very emotional about something like the ending of a relationship, whether we ended it or has ended, you know, what's the word? I guess we, you know, we were, it was taken away from us. 
uh, we want to go back to what is our value system and our integrity? What does that tell us about how we should handle this, how we should act? Feel your feelings always. We're not doing toxic positivity and saying we can't feel bad feelings. Always feel them. But we don't want to act from them. We don't want to harm ourselves and the other person by acting out the pain of the breakup. And so what's your integrity say? And I hope it says things like leave lovingly. You know, leave with your integrity intact. Uh, don't burn it down. Don't harm yourself or anyone else by you know attacking and gossiping and spreading rumors and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Also, side note, consent. If someone breaks up with you, move on. Uh, I'm noticing a lot of people uh, still reaching out, still contacting, sending things, showing up, all stuff. No, you are bad with boundaries and that is not consensual behavior. If someone ends a relationship, that's it. You've been, access has been removed. You have to honor that. You don't get to force your way back in by calling from blocked numbers or other people's phones and just dropping by and all sorts of mess. No, that's not you living from your integrity. That's exactly what we're talking about. That's you living from your emotions only and you're, you're, that's not good. Um, but I want to honor that breakups are always hard. You know, our, our brains are wired to hold on and that's why it's hard to let go. That's why we start ruminating and we're thinking about them still maybe and obsessing about them and we want to spend time around them still. And we use words like, I need to get closure. What does that even mean? You were just hurt. Go into that. There's nothing that can be said to make it make sense. And uh, that's too much logic. Allow the emotions. But um, our brains aren't wired to just let relationships go easily and quickly. Our brains and our nervous system are wired to hook and to attach to people. That's a good sign. That's the system working. And so when that's broken, of course, it's going to be very painful. Um, our, our, our brains are built to do that. And so we will protest. Uh, we will be on full alert as though we're a child that's been abandoned by their parent because as adults, we repeat and replicate that. Um, and so instead of obsessing and turning back towards that person, we have to turn our head and look forward and say, what can I learn from this? What newness and excitement can I bring and build into my life? Um, and try to move away from that obsession with that other and the protesting of their absence. You know, because again, our brains are built when we form an attachment with a primary figure as a, a parent, as a child, and as an, you know, another adult when we're adults and it's romantic. And when they're not around, we're always trying to seek proximity and we're always trying to protest their absence and say, come back. Are you there? But in a breakup, that system gets very confused and thrown off because we're not supposed to do that anymore. That, that option's not available, but it's hard and we don't understand and we don't have anywhere else to put that and we feel alone and we have our social identity where we were a couple and we were part of something and we lost the person who we had borrowed functioning from and who helped co-regulate us and there's so much in that. Um, and I think the another thing to remember is that what we're really going for ideally, and this is a little bit of a harsh word, so I have to find a better word, something more neutral, like we wanna to get to a place of indifference where we can remember the negative things that happened, also remember the positive things that happened, but we don't wanna be living in hate and anger because that means that we're still attached. That means that we're still involved. Indifference is a good sign in neutrality. It means we've let go. And sometimes one of the partners, usually the one who ended it, is maybe living more in that indifference or neutrality where they're like, yeah, it wasn't right for me anymore. We've moved on. Where the person who's been let go or broken up with often lives in hate, but that hate is what keeps you tied to them. Hate is a very strong bond. So I don't want you to normalize that hate. Yes, that happens, but don't, don't allow that to fester. That means you are still connected. That means you are holding on. That means you are still actively in, engaging them psychologically and emotionally by hating them and thinking about all the harmful things you want to do. So I want to normalize that for some of us, it's an understandable emotional reaction, but we don't want to feed it. We don't want to foster it. We actually want to discourage that. And the friends of these people help discourage that by saying, I know they hurt you. I know you're let down by this, but can we neutralize this a little bit? I want to hear your emotions, but I want to help neutralize. Because again, hate is a very strong bond and the work is about letting go. That's part of the process. But we protest. And as we know, our brains are social organs. The other organs aren't, but our brains are. They're wired for this. They're hardwired and their goal is to stay connection and maintain connection. So they're not prone to just letting go of that attachment. The brain doesn't want to let go of the relationship. So you have to do certain things to help that along. 
And also remember, and I thought this was really beautiful, this is work coming out of a neuroscientist whose work I love, and he pointed out that being rejected by someone we love or we're in a relationship with actually triggers the same alert system in the brain in the brain as primal threats. Our brain doesn't differentiate that distinction. Because again, our brain is a social organ and is trying to maintain connections for our own safety and survival. And so when that's ripped apart, it panics. <laughs> that's why it feels so bad. That's part of why it feels so bad. So you have to look at the pain of staying versus the fear of leaving, the fear of letting go. Because sometimes people hold on to the pain because that's all they have left. All right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and keep talking about how to go through breakups, relational ruptures, especially during difficult times. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Oh, Rachel, we're back. Talking about going through breakups, giving you a little bit of some neurology. Also honoring where we are in time and place and understanding the difficulty that that adds and uh, not shaming or judging. Relationships are hard. Their loss is very scary. It's a letdown. It can also be very threatening. Our system panics. Our brains, our nervous systems are wired to connect to others. We need co-regulation. We are stronger when we have others. We need that safe haven to go to when the life is hard and the world is rough, borrowed functioning from our partners. And then we need them to be a secure base that supports us and sends us out into the world. And we know that they're there and they encourage us and when that's lost or pulled away from us of course we feel different we are different we're now solo we went from a two-person psychological system to a one-person system we've lost a part of ourselves we we function less that is part of healthy relationships it's a little bit of a regression that's right we are dependent upon the important figures in our lives and when we form a primary attachment relationally romantically that is very powerful there is nothing as strong as that, nothing more strong than that than maybe a parent-child. And again, it mimics and mirrors that. That's something we always need. Um, so the pain is severe and the brain is not letting us off easy. The brain's job is to hold on to that for dear life. And anyone who's gone for a rough breakup is like, you, you're not kidding when you say that one. Um, so just remember, you gotta be kind with yourself, but you wanna remember that the work is about letting go because holding on to anger and hate keeps you connected powerfully. It's a very strong bond and we're trying to neutralize that. We're actually trying to move towards a little bit of indifference. Um, so, you know, again, we're good at maybe physically separating, although not everyone. And I talked about consent. If someone breaks up with you, off you go. You don't get to still show up and force yourself in their life. But physical separation is easier. The psychological and emotional is harder because we tend to still want to go on their Instagram. We still want to talk about them a lot, but that keeps that bond there. So you want to share with your friends and family members your struggles. We want to be able to process. But at a certain point, you want to say, I need to discourage obsessing. I need to not bring them up consistently. I need to not be creeping on their social media because that's keeping me psychologically and emotionally tied. And you absolutely want to work on dismantling any of that hate or rage because that's a very strong bond and that's just going to cause more suffering for you. So you're doing it for yourself. I'm not saying forgive. I'm saying let go though. You have to let that bond disentangle itself and kind of water down. Um, but I think something really important to call out is we do say things like time heals all wounds, but what means more is what you do in that time. Because again, if you're obsessing and keeping that bond there, well then time isn't gonna do anything but make more pain you know, occur in your life and maybe engage, you know, push you into some really bad behavior. Um, so you wanna do the right things in that time. And like I said, kind of you know, move on. But you also need to create what we call like a healing narrative. Um, I'm a fan of, just like I say, there aren't midlife, crisis, midlife crises, there's midlife breakthroughs. I think these relational breakdowns also get to be breakthroughs, where we accept that this is part of the relational trajectory at times, and that the length of time a relationship existed doesn't determine its health or its worth. Not every relationship is supposed to be forever, and if we don't die together, that doesn't mean that we failed or something went wrong. In fact, something goes right when we leave relationships that aren't right for us. But the breakthrough is saying, all right, that happened. What do I learn from that? Looking back at who I was and who I wanna be again and who I don't wanna be again. I talk a lot about that on the show. But that's an important part of going through a breakup is learning from it and creating a healing narrative. Who was I? And, and accepting that it went as far as it was maybe meant to go. But I think that we all need to commit to leaving lovingly truly leaving lovingly and making that part of what we normalize where we i want to create a culture where we're shocked that people hurt each other after a breakup or while breaking up and that instead people really ins like look out for each other and take care of each other that's that's the kind of behaviors we want to lean into and i want friends and family members and therapists to really 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 support people in moving towards those skill sets um 
because we, we become what we practice and we need to practice better skill sets. I hear people getting and giving the worst advice to get through breakups. Um, but yes, they are true losses, true losses. Um, so you have to go into acceptance. That's going to be one of the first steps is really accepting that this is over and um, that I'm going to you know be single right now. And that's hard for some people based on their gender, based on age, based on other elements in their lives, what their friends are doing, where they thought they'd be or where they think they need to be. We need to go into acceptance. It doesn't mean what happened is okay, but it, going into acceptance means I'm going to let go and just be where I am. I'm not going to fight it because that fighting will get me nowhere. And in fact, it'll harm others and myself. And if you're a parent and co-parenting, your children don't need to be around that mess. Yes, you're allowed to grieve. Yes, it's a healthy for children to see grieving. But you don't want them to see you enacting hate or violence on yourself or this ex or on them indirectly. We all need a little more stability than that. So you do have to accept what is is what is. You do have to go into that healthy level of acceptance. And that's very hard because now we're moving around as one and the bed is emptier and there's no one coming home. And we have to figure out who, what we're doing this weekend and with who we're doing it. And then the holidays might be alone. So I appreciate there's a lot of shifts and a lot of changes in your identity, how you're spending your time, the structure of your life. Hold that, allow that, grieve that. Grieve the crap out of that. Mourn that, let people see that you're grieving. You're allowed to be in that space, but don't work against yourself. We're not trying to go into hate and rage. And we're not trying to obsess about it. We're allowing the natural evolution. If there's some joy to be found at certain times, allow the joy. If there's ways to tap into some fun, allow that fun. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to come back to some DMs and then we'll keep talking about the breakups. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to glide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I currently work in the sex industry. I'm a dancer, model, and I have an OnlyFans. I'm really successful at what I do. However, I sometimes feel like I'm unable to meet anyone that sees me for me. I feel like I'm just an object to everyone, and I can flirt, go on dates, but it always comes down to me being something they want to accomplish. I tell their friends that I hooked up with this person. It happened again last week. I'm just feeling very lonely and insecure. I love my body and I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing, but how do I get someone to see me for me? How can I protect myself from these people who want to use me? So this kind of message is heartbreaking because you know I, I wanna remind you um, that you're a human being and maybe I'm saying that to those that are dehumanizing you. Everyone's, everyone has worth and value and someone's worth and value is based on their character and, and, and how they treat others and how they move through the world. But to treat someone differently because of the kind of the kind of work they do, or you know, the kind of work that harms no one, and in fact is a really, really important counterbalance to our sex-phobic, sex-negative culture, really says a lot about you. So first off, we have to acknowledge that the author of this question is dealing with horophobia, sex negativity, slut shaming, uh, sexism, right? Because that's what you're up against. And that I can't dismantle immediately. And so unfortunately, that's gonna be something that you'll struggle with for the duration of your life. I don't believe in my lifetime, sadly, that we will work through all of that. There's a lot of work, right? So the question's also, how do I, realizing we live in a really, we live in a culture that has a lot of problematic ideas around sex workers and sex, how do I survive or feel good in that? Well, it's a struggle. It's like, how do gay people feel good in a homophobic culture? How do larger fat bodies feel good in a you know, thin-centric, fat-phobic culture? It's hard. It's hard. But do know that there are people out there that have respect for women, period. And if you only have respect for certain women, then you're sexist. If you only have respect for women that do certain kinds of things that you're comfortable with, you're, you're sexist. You have toxic masculinity. You have sexism. You have slutphobia. There's a lot in there. But there are some really amazing people that will see you as the person that you are. And I applaud you because to work in the sex industry in our culture is an act of courage and it's an act of authenticity and it's an act of empowerment. And I want you to lean into that. So thank you for the work you do. You're an important needed counterbalance to all of our cultural baggage. But of course you're a human and you want relationship and you want desire and you wanna feel like a full total person. So I'm sorry that people don't treat you like that. Shame on those that don't know how to see you as the person you are. Um, 
a couple things I would say. I would say you don't need to anxiously disclose the work you do right off the bat to make someone feel okay or to feel accepted. Sometimes we should work on leading with just us as ourselves, but I appreciate that at some point work does come up and that might be where people really lean into an issue. Best you can do is look for those red flags and take care of yourself. And if someone's showing a sign of discomfort or an inability to humanize you as the person you are, you have to exit that relationship immediately. What do we do to survive in a world that has systems in place that harm us directly? We we have to build community that reflects back that we have worth and value, and we have to stay within that. Gay people need gay friends to remind them, you're awesome, we're here. Fat people have to do that. People of color, sex workers. So make sure you have a strong community base, right? And dating's hard in general, so I appreciate that this makes it even harder. And so I don't really have a solid answer because the issues you're up against are cultural and systemic and they're gonna maintain themselves for a while as people like me and others work to dismantle them. So the best you can do is take care of yourself and, and stay soft, right? Not let this harden you and realize that there are people that will accept you as a total full person. There's no answer. All I can really do is empathize and try to make it a call to action for people to be better and to keep doing the work to dismantle those things that are oppressing and harming you. And that's kind of all we have. It bummed me out that we still you know, we're all up against these different pieces. You know, I think uh, if we reflect on our time in COVID, we, we saw a lot of people doing the best they can and, and making do with what they had and trying to get their needs met in, um, excuse me, I'm moving the mic around, in whatever ways um, work for them and their families. So more care and compassion. I think that, I think that's the answer I could give to everything. More care and compassion. We need tons more of that. Letting people live, letting people struggle, letting people try to do their best. Um, not judging individuals. I think when we contextualize and understand what's going on in place and time and in individuals people and in, and in individual people's lives, we have a better understanding as to why the choices they make are the choices they make. Um, all right, we gotta take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about how to go through a breakup, especially at the worst time, which might be during the holiday season. Not that there's any ideal time. There really isn't. Talk about a lot of ways to wrap your head around this. And this actually can be applied to the loss of someone, also maybe a loss of a social relationship. Um, but I want to remind everyone to also feel your feelings. We're not trying to shame anyone's grieving or mourning process. I think sometimes we think, oh, well, you sh you've been through this before, or you're a therapist, or you're a parent, or you're whatever, and you should be dealing with this better. No, don't shame someone's emotional experience. Feel your feelings, but deal with them with integrity. We're doing integrity over emotions. Feel your feelings, but we're not gonna act from them if they are not aligned with our value system and our integrity. You are held accountable to living within that at all times. You're never let off the hook because, oh, they broke up with you? Okay, no integrity or, or, or morals needed in your responses. Yes, yes, you will be held accountable to that, truly. So you have to say to yourself, I might be let down. I might be going through a breakup or a divorce, but I have to do it consciously. I have to do it lovingly, loving for me and loving for those all around us. And just because you might be sad or harmed by your partner, enacting violence on them is a stronger bond, that hatred, and you're not gonna feel good about it. So you do have to think about the longer-term consequences. What kind of person do you wanna be going through this breakup? Dig deep, be your best. And if you have kids, they really especially need to be around a better, helpful environment. Um, also keep moving forward, there is more to come and it's okay to both honor the loss and the wounding around that while also forging something new ahead. You know, when I went through uh, my breakup of an engagement, I started saying, okay, well, what do I want my time to be about? And I started getting back to some things that were important to me that I didn't have the time or energy or space for before. And I got back into an educational program and started working on art again because I needed to fill in that space. I didn't want to just be spending all my downtime mourning. Uh, I allowed it at times, but I also said there's other things that I want to be doing with my time as well, things that'll pull me forward, but also I want to expand my world. I don't want my world to shrink down at this time as much as that might feel like what I want. I know that's not going to be best for me. And I need to know that there's more coming. So I had to keep pushing forward, creating new novel things, getting out of the house, getting away from myself, letting healthy levels of distraction to emerge. Um, in the very least, try to hold on to your, your normal standard routine whatever it is you normally do in the day to day, you know, even if you're gonna be doing it with some sadness and heavy heart, so be it, be where you are. The world needs to see more expressions of that and not be so deterred or thrown off by seeing that. But um, allow that, you know, we're not trying to perform perfect griever or mourner, uh, but we are trying to, again, think with our wise minds, which means we're not just all emotions.
You know, that's what, that's what we worry about when people are just all emotion. You want to be more balanced. There's got to be some logic in there as well. Um, so just think about that. You know, what kind of way do you want to, do you want to go through this and put your integrity in mind? So other things to think about is, um, you, you know, put yourself first for a little bit. You know, it's okay to say, listen, I'm going to go into a tough period. This breakup's been very hard. I'm not going to be as accessible or I can't have the same expectations placed upon me. So maybe set different boundaries. Even during the holiday, I can't maybe host this year or I'm looking to do it differently. You might tell people you're looking to stay home or maybe, again, you're not going to host, but you're happy to attend. Just be where you are. Maybe you need it to be a little more casual and quieter. Uh, but I also want to advocate for still participating if maybe you think that would be better for you. You have to really decide. You're kind of at that fork in the road. Is it better to kind of hybrid or is it not? If I hibernate, am I going to isolate and ruminate and just make myself feel bad and worse? Because that's not very constructive. Um, so what would be most effective for you? What kind of experience do you want to be having? Also, just take care of yourself. I'm Like I said, I'm trying to honor that this is all happening maybe in the context of the holidays. So what do you need to have in place so as to get your needs met? Maybe you need to go out now, get some of the right foods, other kinds of things, have them around you. That's something I needed to do. I knew during my breakup a couple of years ago, I didn't want to be out in the world a lot. And so I kind of went out with a big old list, got everything I needed. And I just wanted to spend time alone at home with myself. That's kind of how I wanted to grieve. Um, and, and then, you know, when you're ready, you move into the further stages. But, but that's the first one, just saying, where am I at? Let myself be where I'm at, realizing where you are in the world and what, what kind of boundaries you need to set because the expectations are going to change. It can't just be business as usual. You know, you're, you're mourning a broken heart and that should be honored in the same way you'd be, you know, others would be honoring if you broke your leg or you broke your arm. They'd understand that you need maybe extra care, extra support, or that you're not going to be, you know, moving through the world in the same way as you would normally. So you kind of drop the bar for yourself. Give yourself permission for that, whatever that means. I want us to do that anyway, but especially during these times. Don't be worrying about, you know, how people are perceiving you. Don't be worrying about, you know, performing perfection. Um... Also, don't make any major decisions whenever we're hyper-emotional, but this is another good time to not be making any major decisions, especially ones that you can't take back, especially ones that you might be regretting down the road. And I mean that in terms of how you're relating to the ex, but other things, you know, be, just be very cautious. Maybe delay making any decisions that are going to have a big impact. Um, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back. Keep talking about this, but uh, DMs later in the show. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. DMs or any questions you got, topics you want us to hit, anything you want us to drop deeper down into, let us know. And as always, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, boast, share, re-listen. It's all about practice, y'all. But uh, stick around. More to come. We'll be right back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and odyssey stick around y'all we'll be right back all right y'all we are back talking about how to get through breakups little interesting detour within the umbrella of this topic friends with exes so when i was doing some research for this getting my thoughts together it's a little side topic that came up we've talked about it a little bit i like the idea theoretically generally of holding space for being friends with people that we are no longer in a romantic or sexual relationship with just because we can't pull that off or that's not right for us or we don't want that doesn't mean we have to completely erase them from our lives in theory. Some people just aren't good for us. Um, and there's different reasons why maybe you would do that. It's not always black and white. Some people are like, hey, you can't be friends with your exes and you know, new partners are threatened. That's a mess. We're being adults. We're being better than that. It's a good sign when someone's friends with their exes. It means they don't burn things down. It means they leave lovingly. I'm close with all my exes, all of them. I have a close relationship with them uh, to different levels and I'm in a committed relationship now of many years and we all know each other and we've spent time together and no one's threatened by anyone. They're all happy to see that they'll all, you know, my current partner is happy to see that, you know, they'll be kept in my life. Um, but for some people, they do need to maybe cut ties completely. But what are some of the reasons why people remain friends with their exes? One of the main reasons is because they have a lot in common and they want to still be able to participate. They love each other. That's, that's reasonable enough. I think that's so beautiful. And I still love for all of my exes. I love all of them as people and I want the best for them. And I still want to be able to access the things that we bonded over and that we are compatible around socially and emotionally. And I have deep talks with them. It's not emotional cheating. It's called having a deep emotional relationship with a friend who I used to be romantic with. Yes, that happens. And I don't want to be in a relationship with anyone who'd be threatened by that. There's nothing to be threatened by. If you don't trust me, don't be with me. 
you know, that's really the answer. I'm talking about being with people worthy of trust. And so we don't worry about these kinds of boundaries because they're in place. But there's four other key motivations that people often stay friends with their exes. Security, practicality, civility, and unresolved romantic desire. So these aren't all positive. Let's bust them down. Security. Well, sometimes you want to keep their love, care, and support around. That's one of my main reasons for keeping my exes around. We built a lot of security and safety and I value them and I know that I can rely on them and I know that they're emotionally safe and we have a lot of emotional intimacy that we built and we maintain that. And that's a beautiful thing to have access to in your life. And I have that from many exes. I love that. It, it makes me a better person. It makes me more accessible to my current partner. It's a beautiful thing. Practical. Maybe they're still in your friend circle. Maybe they still live near you. Maybe, I don't know, they're still in your workout class. I don't know. Maybe you still value their support in different ways. That, that's awesome. Civility, because it's polite and feels good. I think the more problematic one is unresolved romantic desire. If you're keeping the friendship because you have an interest in them or you're hoping something else will emerge, that's not fair to them if you're misrepresenting yourself. A lot of people feel very... Um, uh, what's the word when it comes out of nowhere, they, they, they feel very disrespected and it freaks them out a little bit to find out that, you know, this friendship that they thought they had or they were working on, in fact, isn't what's happening. Uh, so don't do that. That won't be good for you or them, especially if you or them are trying to move into new primary attachments with someone else. Like that's, that's not a, you know, a recipe for success as they say. Uh, that's not, that's not necessarily going to lead to anything awesome, <laughs> you know? So, Again, be friends if you're able to be their friend. And if you need time, take the time. I've taken time before, months or years, and said, look, the feelings are still very fresh, but like, let's keep in touch. I care about you. And then when I felt ready, I reached out. But I didn't want to harm myself for them. I didn't want to make myself feel trapped. And I wanted to make sure I was able to really fulfill the role of friendship. If I'm not able to share with them who I'm dating, and if I'm not able to hear about who they're dating and be a support and say, yeah, they sound great and give good advice, then I'm not ready to be their friend. Because if you can't fulfill the job, don't, don't, don't apply for it. And I give great advice to my exes as they're dating. And I said, I'm happy. Remember to do this. Oh, yeah, we've been through that. You know, blah, 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 blah. I give great advice. I look out for them. I want the best for them. So you have to be able to literally show up and play the role of friend if you're going to try to do that. If you're not ready or you can't because you're going to be threatened or jealous or whatever, then maybe you're not ready. You know, take a little time. They're not jealous or threatened. I'm not jealous and threatened. And that's why we're able to have friendships. I want what's best for them. I would set them up if I could. I think I probably have. And I happily celebrate my current relationship with them. And I celebrate their relationships as well. That's what you have to be able to do. Otherwise, it might be you're holding on to something unresolved. And that's not kind or fair to you or to them. Or to anyone who might potentially enter your life next. Because I want people to keep going, you know? Uh, breakups don't mean that you should never date again, although a lot of people say that or feel that. Um, so yes, don't act uh, about, don't say you can be a friend if you're not going to be a friend because that lets people down. Um, and we don't learn anything from that, right? Now, your mind probably wanders to the next question. Well, Dr. Chris, you say or you think, friends with exes, sounds great. We get it. You've rambled enough about that. What about sex with your ex? <laughs> Because that's also another good one that feels very hard for people. And I kind of apply the same framework I said about being friends with them. Are you able to literally only have sex with them without any feelings or expectations attached? Will you be jealous if and when you find out that they're having sex with others or working on building a relationship with someone else? Because if so, you're not emotionally ready for that or emotionally mature enough for that. Own that. Call that out. Hey, really still attracted to you. I felt us when we hung out last time getting too comfortable or maybe we did have sex or maybe I wanted to. We should probably set boundaries and not do that. How? Well, meet them out, leave them out. That's a great way to not have sex with them. Don't go hanging out at their house and maybe having cocktails and then act surprised when something happens. Meet them out, leave them out. I've done that with exes. Let's go grab a movie. Meet me there. We'll go for ice cream afterwards and I'll leave you there. Perfect. No setup. No boundaries to struggle with. But don't set yourself up for failure. But don't have sex with your ex if you're not prepared for that. Some people love to do it because they want to work their way out like they work their way in. Other people do it because the sex was hot and they feel safe with them. Cool. But just make sure that your truth is there, that that's something you can handle. And I'm going to tell you, if you notice or you think that you're, the other can handle it, even if you can, you don't do it. Because we don't want to be part of creating a situation where anyone is ever harmed. 
And that's why even if you're not in a relationship, if you're having sex or dating someone who's with someone else, you're, you're an accomplice to that. Don't do that either. We're being loving towards ourselves and others. So sex with an ex is only for people that really know that they can handle that. Otherwise, don't step into that. All right, we gotta take a little break. We'll be back though, and then we'll be closing out with some DMs. So uh, stick around, got a DM, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions or topics. But we'll be back, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, we're wrapping up our discussion about getting over breakups, especially during difficult times, especially during the holidays. We're talking about friends with exes, sex with exes, lots to think about, but take care of yourselves. We're not trying to make our lives harder or anyone else's life harder. So you got to really be honest about what you can handle and what your boundaries need to be. Also, keep socializing. Keep getting out there. I think that's the thing. If you can, take your feelings, do what you need to do, but try to keep getting out in the world, keep trying to socialize, to try to reduce that isolation, to remind yourself that there's more to come, to still have joy and fun in your life, to also distract yourself. We need time away from all of this, it feels bad. We're still allowed to grieve and mourn while also having fun and going out and doing things. And maybe someone else was brought into our life, or I don't even know, but like still participate in your life. Like I said, also keep your basic self-care routine, stay hydrated, still get enough sleep, still move your body as much as possible, still focus on your self-care stuff. Like it's sometimes we don't feel up to taking care of ourselves during those times, or we internalize that rejection and think we're not worth taking care of. And it can be so powerful for us to actually amp that up and to do even more. You know, when we really do those radical acts of self-care, it can be the most transformative formative, liberatory healing thing when we feel like we're not worth taking care of because we feel so rejected and so undesirable and not worth much in the world. And that can be part of what a breakup tells us, even though that's not true. It's just that one person doesn't believe we're meant to be together or the attraction's not there anymore. We have to be able to hear that. That is not a global assessment of our worth as a person. So don't believe that. Don't internalize that. That is just about you and that one person that says nothing about what's available to you beyond them otherwise out in the world. Remember that, okay? We're still worth taking care of. I remember that going through the breakup of my engagement. I thought I'm, I didn't feel like I was worth much. It was such a shocking thing because I normally have obnoxiously high self-esteem, but it was, it was annihilated, mutilated even. And um, it was really hard for me to still think I was worth taking care of. It was such a profound thing to encounter. And I was like, damn, you know, our self-worth really is a reflection back. So let me still keep spending time around people that remind me I'm an awesome, amazing person and that there's more to come. If I just sat with myself, I might've been doing really bad, toxic, negative self-talk. And so I needed to still get out there and it was really hard, but I did. I still reached out to friends. I still stayed connected. I still left the house and I let it, I let it be with me though. I, I told myself I don't have to perform happiness or well-being. I'm allowed to be at the gym, smelling a hot mess, looking a hot mess, but I was proud I was there because for me, that was self-care. I still went out and socialized, even though, again, I felt undesirable, unlovable. I felt disgusting. I didn't feel like I was worthy of you know sex. It was hard. It was harsh, but I still still try to participate as much as I could in my life, but I was doing the work. I was looking at who I was, who I want to be again, who I don't want to be again. I wasn't obsessing going on my ex's social media. I was trying to not make them the topic of every conversation. I, was, I wouldn't let my friends bash my ex because I said, that's not healing. I, I want to move into neutrality. I'm not trying to live in hate and rage because that's a stronger bond and that causes suffering for me and those around me. So I was like really trying to do the work, you know, but I was also feeling my feelings. I was crying when I needed to cry. I was sad when I was needed to be sad and I was angry when I needed to be angry. You know, but I was honest about it. I said that needed to end. And now we're still friends. What about dating right away? Well, the length of time between relationships doesn't speak to the health. It depends on where you're at. Are you ready to be someone's partner? Are you going to drag into someone else's life all this unhealed stuff? Do you know what your work is to be a better partner? What you want to do more of and less of? How grounded are you? How happy are you? If you're not feeling some general level of happiness, you're not ready. But dating for some reminds them of their desirability. Tons of studies show that, that to date sooner and later, let me say that again so it's clear, a lot of studies show that getting right back out there as soon as possible can keep us feeling worthwhile and desirable if you have positive experiences while back out there, because it can be the opposite. You can be like, yikes, it's bleak. 
So be very thoughtful. It might not promise a positive healing experience getting back out in the dating world. It can be the opposite. So be very thoughtful about that. Like, are you really prepared to maybe encounter all the mess that you probably will also encounter? Also, can you dig deeper back into some relationships that you drifted from? People you miss, people you didn't stay as close to. Reach back out. Oh, you're reaching out because you're single? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost myself in my last relationship. I miss you. I'm here now. Let's connect. Yes, own it. That's right. I did do that. And I want to be better. And I'm going to try to be better. And I commit to being better. But I miss you. Yes, reach out to people. And people receive those people. We all know we lose ourselves at times in work, in family, in having kids, in illness, in relationships. Yes, let people back in your lives though. You can still set boundaries. You can still say you let me down. You can still say you disappeared on me. We can own that. It's both. Also, sometimes changing work and career, that's where the breakthrough comes. Realizing, you know what? I was living a life I didn't want to live in a lot of domains, and I'm not going to do that relationally or otherwise. So maybe bigger changes emerge. You know, nothing drastic, nothing rooted in self-harm, nothing with long-term consequences that we're not going to be happy about, but we can make some big changes sometimes. I did. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start living more authentic, authentically and be more of myself in dating. I'm not going to quiet or shrink myself down at all. And I didn't. And now I'm in an amazing relationship with someone new, someone who I'm meant to be with, at least right now. And I'll be in it as long as it's good for us. And when it isn't, if that happens, I'll exit. Hopefully it doesn't. We'll see how it goes. Bring in my best though. I learned, I learned, and I'm bringing my best self yet. That's, that's what you got to do. Every new relationship, bring a better version each time. All right, y'all, coming up next, DM, stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, we're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. So if you've got a question for us, always drop in the Loveline IG page there in the DMs. Uh, questions, topics, things you want covered, things you want us to circle back to. I know people will reach out sometimes saying, hey, Dr. Chris, do you have any resources, or can you tell me more about this? Uh, put in the DMs on the Loveline IG page, and then uh, I can kind of share it with everyone because I think there's some topics that we don't have time to drop deeper into or, you know, whatever, we just kind of move on and... I want everyone to get their needs met, so put them in there. And uh, as always, wearechannelq.com is where you want to go for past episodes, so head on over there. But today's DM says, Dear Dr. Chris and Loveline, my relationship is almost perfect. In fact, it's often great. It's like you're rubbing it in. That's good, though. Except that uh, my boyfriend smokes weed pretty much daily. Uh, Often, I find myself getting annoyed because he is lazy, not very helpful when he is smoking and getting high. We don't really have very attuned present conversations and uh, I'm over here being completely and fully sober myself. Uh, He says he needs it to deal with some depression and anxiety and stressors. Um, But what's the balance? Uh, I feel like when he is not smoking, often he's a little more irritable and uh, happy, but our conversation, oh, happy when high, but not always having the best conversations. Yeah, that's a big one. This one comes up often. Everyone has different coping mechanisms, you know, different forms of self-care, different hobbies, different coping mechanisms. So listen, everything on the surface uh, superficially has the capacity to help us get through tough times, whether we're turning to food, you know, sex, shopping, uh, smoking weed, things like that. And I think the problems really arise not on what we're utilizing, but the impact it has on important elements of our life and also whether or not we have other options. I think it can be problematic when we're relying on the same thing over and over, you know, Um, But more importantly, you know, your question has a lot of love and care in it. Like, hey, I miss quality time with my partner, shared experiences, engagement. And I think that's where you need to uh, come from when you talk to your partner about how this impacts you is don't villainize the weed smoking because in theory, there's nothing wrong with that. It's quite safe. There's not overdoses. It doesn't lead to violence or domestic violence like alcohol does. I'm more worried about people that drink than people that smoke weed for sure. You know, alcohol is more toxic to systems in your body. Um, So that makes me more concerned. Um, But again, 
come from the truth of I miss you. And when you're high, I don't feel like we can have really close, deep, intimate conversations because you kind of can't. When you're on a different conscious level, someone's intoxicated in some form or under the influence of something or whatever it is. And, you know, or even just they drank some caffeine and they're higher energy. It's really hard to connect. And that's really what you're talking about. Um, if you have an issue with the fact that they smoke weed, that's your personal issue to work through because as an adult, this person gets to make that choice. But within a relationship, we do get to reflect back to our partner how things they're doing might impact our relationship because our relationship is important. And you have to come from that perspective, very soft and say, hey, smoke weed, but it'd be great if we could carve out time where we're both available to do relational stuff like date night, date days, and that's that's fair. So. Maybe may start making some plans. I think if you're just laying around the house, it's very reasonable that this is what this person chooses to participate in. Just like if you were spending hours reading or working on art or cleaning out a closet or whatever you might be doing, you're allowed to spend time invested in that. Um, but if your partner came to you and said, hey, I feel like that blocks time for us to connect, I'd hope you'd say, sure, let me carve out some time so I can do both. And say that to this person, like, hey, this weekend, can we go catch a movie? And it would be really important to me if you would maybe wait and smoke weed afterwards, because I fully support you smoking weed, but I'd love time where we're just both totally present and sober. And I think that that's very reasonable. But you should plan something and let him know that, uh, let him know that it's a relational block. You know, it's like an intimacy buffer and you'd love more presence at certain times. And otherwise he gets to smoke. He doesn't need to always be available and present. You know, relationships are one part of our life. Um, but I think that's very reasonable. And then you have a, a bigger issue if your partner's like, yeah, I don't care. Um, but that might mean that what's going on in his life might be more than he has the internal resources to cope with. So if he's saying, I, I can't do that, my anxiety is too high. Well, the answer is, well, you need to work on that because healthy relationships, everyone's addressing their mental health struggles, right? And so that might be, okay, well then if that's not possible because your anxiety is so high that you can't get through a day or a block of time without using marijuana to cope, then it's time to get into some therapy because that's gonna give you long-term solutions because marijuana is not a long-term solution. For some people it will be, and that will be a part of some person's ongoing mental health care or even sobriety. Yes, some people use marijuana as part of their sobriety because maybe other drugs or alcohol are what are problematic and marijuana allows them to be away from that and that's harm reduction. It's about quality of life and mental health, not just abstinence, who cares about that? It's about impact on your life. So have that conversation. I think there's something really beautiful in what you're actually requesting within that. All right, Joe, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow. Oof. Have a great rest of your night, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. And y'all enjoy the rest of your night. See you soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 